0: Welcome to Let's Talk Family Law, your source for how to navigate the financial and legal implications of divorce, custody, asset division, and adoption. This podcast series is created and produced by Weber Gallagher. Visit us at wglaw.com. This program should not be considered legal advice. Please consult our attorneys for your specific situation. And now, here are our hosts.
1: I am the managing partner of the family law practice group for Weber Gallagher. Today, our group is going to be presenting on the LGBTQIA+, awareness in family law in light of the Dobbs decision, what you need to know. John is going to first start off with providing some constitutional background in light of the most recent decision. So, John, would you like to give us a little bit of the background here on the constitutional side that led up to Dobbs and and the possible effects?
0: I sure would. I sure would. Okay. so by now, everybody's heard of the Dobbs decision. That's why we're we're sort of all here um, to talk about that. Uh, The the Dobbs decision, um, I really want to start by talking about the decision in terms of sort of how we what just happened, how we got here. And I really think it's important that folks understand a little bit of the constitutional basis for Roe versus Wade, for uh, Casey versus Planned Parenthood, um, and how we sort of got to the Dobbs decision. Because I think um, if you read things online, if you see things on TV, sometimes they leave out important details or they gloss over pretty important concepts that really provides you with a firm understanding of of what it is. And I think that firm understanding of what um, the court said, how the court got there, will help you whether you're uh, somebody that's interested in, you know, uh, the outcome of uh, abortion legislation or the impact on the LGBT uh, community. Um, or if you're just like a constitutional like wonk um, that is interested in this stuff. So let's talk about that real quick. I'll try to make it as, as simple as possible, even though it gets kind of uh, uh, involved. Okay, so the Dobbs decision. What actually, what, how did we get to here in the Dobbs decision? What was Dobbs all about? about? It was a, um, there was an abortion law, basically, that was passed in Mississippi called the Missis- Mississippi Gestational Age Act which said that, in except for cases of uh, medical emergency or severe, severe fetal abnormality, no abortion greater than 15 weeks shall be performed. Um, so as you can imagine, that is something that was immediately challenged based upon the constitutionality of uh, abortion being a right, um, recognized by Roe versus Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood, which we're going to talk about in detail. Um, that case, the Dobbs case. And Dobbs was a a, a state health official, um, and that's how they name Supreme Court cases. Um, and the other party that challenged the, the Mississippi Gestational Act was uh, the Jackson's Women Health Organization. So Jackson's Women Health Organization was the plaintiff, as you can imagine. Well, it's interesting, they won at the district court level and also at the intermediate appellate court level, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. It's only when it got to the Supreme Court of the United States that both of those decisions were overruled. And the court went ahead and overruled both the Roe versus Wade decision and the Casey versus Planned Parenthood decision, which said, and they said rather, that abortion was no longer uh, a federal right, that it's something that should be returned to the states. Let's talk a little bit about what Roe versus Wade and Casey did so that we can better understand what Dobbs said. All right, everybody by now has heard of Roe versus Wade. It's the case that established uh, the uh, idea that abortion is a right protected under the Constitution. The way that Roe found that right, because of course, it's not mentioned in the Constitution. And this is where all sort of constitutional law, constitutional jurisprudence is is technical. We're, We're trying to find out if this thing is a right. It's not in the Constitution. So how can it possibly be a right? Well, there are doctrines that the court has developed over time and over cases, uh, ways that they find that certain things are rights. In the Roe versus Wade uh, decision, uh, you'll be familiar with the court uh, discussing the right to abortion as a privacy right, that it's a woman's um, privacy right. Um, And that the court further went on to develop a framework, a test to see if a a law that might impact a person's now right to abortion in the Roe versus Wade case would be uh, tested. The court developed what was called a trimester system. We've all heard of trimesters in pregnancy. So in the first trimester, the Roe versus Wade court said that um, in the first trimester, the uh, decision to have an abortion was solely at the discretion of the woman. So there was literally no way that um, a, a law could regulate um, a woman's ability to obtain an abortion in the first trimester. In the second trimester, they said the state or the government could regulate but not outlaw abortion. And then in the third trimester, because the fetus was viable, states could enact legislation restricting the ability to get an abortion. That was 1973. And that law was the law of the land um, until 1992, when a Pennsylvania statute um, was taken up to the Supreme Court on appeal, much like the Roe versus Wade and the the Dobbs, uh, the Mississippi statute was taken up. So that case was Casey versus Planned Parenthood, okay, Um, And it did some very, very important things, which get us to the point to where we are now in in Dobbs, okay. So I just went over the fact that in the Roe versus Wade court, The abortion was grounded in a privacy right, which was protected based upon the trimester system, that you could only do things if it fit into the trimester system. Casey upheld the woman's right to an abortion. Okay, that's a very important aspect of the case. It was still the law of the land that abortion was a a, a right under the Constitution but it did some very, uh, very uh, interesting things constitutionally, which get us to where we are today. I need to take a, uh, a sort of a, uh, an end run around Casey for a minute and talk about the ways that courts find rights. And I'll, go, I'll be, try to be very brief. We talked about Roe finding the right as a privacy right. The way the courts find rights, okay, is through application of the 14th Amendment's due process clause. This is where it's gonna get a little confusing. But in, in short, the court finds that um, because the due process clause says that no person shall be deprived of their life, liberty, or um, life or liberty without due process, the courts have found that it not only means the process, the process with, with which the state went through to deny you something, that there's also substantive rights that are inherent in the due process clause. So for instance. There's a whole line of cases in in Supreme Court jurisprudence that say the 14th Amendment protects a whole bunch of rights that aren't mentioned in the Constitution. For instance, in the Griswold versus Connecticut, Connecticut, it was the right to contraceptives. In um, Loving versus Virginia, it was the the right to marry a person of a different race, all things that were outlawed at one time. In um, Obergefell versus Hodges, the right to marry somebody that is of the same sex, all these things were recognized in the Constitution as substantive due process rights. Okay, now back to Casey. Casey argued that abortion was still a right under substantive due process, not privacy. It wasn't really privacy, it was liberty. And because of the substantive due process offered by the 14th Amendment, we're gonna recognize that abortion is a right Under a person's protected liberty interest. So, all that talk about privacy is not, it's not, that was wrong. Okay. Didn't actually say that, but but the law changed a little bit. Second, the Casey court got rid of the trimester approach of Roe. And instead of looking at laws which might restrict abortion um, on, on this high level of scrutiny called strict scrutiny, they said, I think we'll look at this now. Uh, we'll look at potential abortion laws under an, what we're going to call an undue burden standard. They they made this up, um, and it could be good law, but this was something that they created to figure out whether a potential law that might be challenged, like the, like the uh, Planned Parenthood law, um, or the Casey law, would be an undue burden, which um, was enacted for the purposes or effect of placing a substantial obstacle in the path of a woman seeking an abortion of a non-viable fetus. So they did a whole bunch of things there, the Casey court in 1992. They got rid of the idea that it was grounded in a privacy right. They said it was a liberty interest and they got rid of the trimester approach um, because viability is something that People have questions on Um, technology can change viability even in 10 years Um, so that was the law of the land from 1992 until Dobbs and then Dobbs comes along and the Mississippi statute which restricted abortion after 15 weeks um, was put to the test the court basically overruled the right of an abortion using the substantive due process analysis that was employed by all the other courts to find different rights that exist and which were still guaranteed. Unfortunately, the court found that the analysis of substantive due process, which includes looking at, uh, looking at what someone might say is a right as something that is um, in, in, it's part of our nation's history. It's deeply rooted in our history and tradition and that it's essential to the the nation's scheme of ordered liberty. These are actually the words they use. They found that by using that test, which the courts have always used, they just simply disagreed that abortion was part of that. Um, Other anecdotes came up in the process like that, for instance, uh, when the 14th Amendment, which is used to, to find substantive due process, was enacted that abortion was illegal in, in many of the states. So there's no possible way that the framers of the 14th Amendment could have found that um, abortion was a right. They looked at the criticism that, but wait, you're overruling precedent. The Supreme Court's supposed to make it a decision on a case and then they're supposed to stick to it. They're supposed to go the next case is supposed to recognize what we did in the last case and maybe add to it. Well, the court threw in our face there Plessy versus Ferguson, which was the separate but equal case and which they said that, Indeed, we have overruled precedent before, and for good reason. Um, also, a very interesting um, uh, precedent test in Dobbs, which never gets reported, but for constitutional people, it it was really interesting. But so they shot it down. So there's no more right to an abortion in, um, in Dobbs. It's just not something that Roe was decided wrongly, Casey was decided wrongly. Um, Substantive due process is troublesome at best, and it certainly any test for finding a constitutional right would fail when we're talking about abortion. They returned it to to the states to decide. Okay. That is um, interesting, but one of the biggest things that was reported during the last few months with respect to the Dobbs decision was the Justice Thomas concurrence. So Justice Thomas, Clarence Thomas agreed with the opinion. And he also um, put his own spin on what was going on. So we talked about substantive due process. Justice Thomas went ahead to go as far as saying that all of the other cases that we've ever decided here in the Supreme Court where we've found rights, like the right to, you know, marry a person of a different of the same sex or contraceptives or or consensual sex acts. All of those need to get overruled because they were decided using substantive due process, which is a fiction. It's an erroneous assault on, um, you know, on on the way we decide things. Um, So a very strong, and this is, this is, he's not the only one that's ever said this. A lot of people have problems with finding rights that aren't in the Constitution and the way that the court has found them. The one thing, and this is really, really the reason for this uh, program today, is because um, you know his dissent or his concurrence basically paves the way for other things to be challenged and possibly done away with. The one thing that isn't reported about Justice Thomas's op- opinion, though, or his concurrence, is he says that with respect to all these other things, like uh, contraceptive and consensual sex acts, same-sex marriage, it's possible that these could be rights under other doctrines, other ways uh, of finding it in the Constitution. Like, for instance, maybe these are privileges and immunities of citizens. But as far as substantive due process, they're not, they should be overruled. So that got really all the headlines. Um, so really, for anybody that that cares about that, in my opinion, um, that should be something that that you should be focused on. there should there's probably going to need to be new, really smart people who think of uh, um, additional ways to fit some of the things that that people enjoy as uh, liberties and freedoms and rights today in the United States, and try to fit them into other parts of the Constitution, if you really believe that future cases are gonna do exactly what Justice Thomas said. A a quick update on um, the Dobbs case. There is a bill pending before the United States Senate right now where uh, senator Lindsey Graham uh, introduced a bill to make abortion illegal after 15 weeks, um, with exceptions for life and health of the mother. So why is that important? Well, we just heard in Dobbs that it, it it's not a, a federal right under the Constitution, that we're returning it to the states. Well, here you have a United States senator that's trying to make it a federal you know, crime, in a sense, which goes against sort of some of the principles that were articulated by the majority in Dobbs. Um, those are my comments on Dobbs. I know it's confusing. Um, I, I Anybody that wants to talk about this stuff is free to call me <laughs> because it is in an, an interest of mine, um, but suffice to say that abortion is no longer a protected right in, in the uh, United States, and it will go state by state now to see where you'll be able to do it, when you'll be able to do it, and how you'll be able to do it.
1: And John, I think that is an excellent summary on the constitutional provisions, and how they were affected either in the federal government or the states now. And, and you know, members that are listening to this might say, well, what's it have to do with, you know, divorce or property rights? Like, why, why is the Dobbs decision going to affect my, you know, my marriage right now? Well, the concern is that if this issue is now left up to the states, and if we read into just what John brought up about, you know, it's no longer a substantive right, it no longer exists because it's not written in the Constitution, then the concern is that such things that were also found under the substantive rights in Pennsylvania, con- the Pennsylvania Constitution, will now also be unconstitutional. So, for example, um, same sex marriage was found to be constitutional in Pennsylvania. Well, a post-Dobbs era now, a case may come up and find the same challenges and determine that same-sex marriage is no longer constitutional in Pennsylvania. So what do we do? And these are the things that we're going to try and help you navigate or give you some good information on what you could do to protect yourself um, if this happens. Thank you very much. And we invite anyone to look at our um, webpage as well as our blogs that we post and our articles. Um, If you want any other further information, you can reach out to either one of us. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Family Law presented by Weber Gallagher. We hope you join us next time to learn more about how to navigate the financial and legal implications of divorce, custody, asset division, and adoption. Until then, please visit us at wglaw.com.